The Conspiracy Podcast contains adult language, suggestive themes, sexual situations, and discussions of some pretty horrific events. Basically, all the good stuff. Thanks for listening. Chamber, Greed, and LSD. This week we'll be covering the unspeakable murders of Dr. Scudder and Joey Odom. Welcome to Corpsewood Manor. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Podcast. We are so happy you decided to join us for another week of murder, true crime, mystery, conspiracy, paranormal, and all that fun stuff. I am Renee, one of your fantastic hosts. I am another one of your kind of fantastic hosts, Elizabeth. And I'm Katie. I'm the best. Wow. I'm just fucking kidding. I'm just, I know, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably the worst. No, no, we are all equally as talented. Yeah. You're just the hairiest. Yes. No. But that's only because I have really short hair. I wax it all off, so there's no telling who has more hair between the two of us. We'll never know. I got a lot because I'm Eastern European. <clears throat> just a swarthy lady. That's hot. Mm-hmm. It is hot. I'm just a Cherokee. <laughs> I I want to do 23andMe and find out what the fuck I am. You don't know? No. So. You seem like someone who would know. I mean, I know some of it, but I want to, like, get the, like, I want to know. Yeah. You want to see if your percentages. You're... <laughs> I want the science. You want to see if you're point zero 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 one South African? Yes. Yes. So, uh, in researching the topic we're about to talk about this week, I feel like we've all had some pretty spooky things happen to us. Um... It's been a pretty uh, entertaining week, to be a little positive about it. I mean, someone was entertaining us. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, you someone got was lights flickering. You got the scared dogs. And then that sign that you see on the interstate that tells you like how many people have died in an automobile accident when I drove under one of those last Friday. Um, it said 666, which, you know, just freaked me out a little just just a little this was after like two nights before my lights like were flickering in my bedroom while researching for this um so yeah oh i thought you were gonna go next oh oh okay i can yeah okay well also this week while we were researching i was at work in my office after hours um probably like an hour after we closed 
and I was like done writing my notes. I was just like chilling watching YouTube videos about the case and like interviews and all the lights at my job turned off, all the computers at my job turned off except for the one that I was working on. And it's like this really old industrial kind of like lofty looking building mm -hmm. and it's got really high ceilings. And so as soon as all the stuff turned off, like the AC turned off, the building just like started to settle and everything was creaking and like making those clicking noises. Mm -hmm. And I texted my boss and I was like, are our lights set to like automatic in our power? And she was like, no why and i was like no reason nothing everything's fine fine <laughs> and i just like ran i just like ditched the building and like oh. set the alarm outside from my car and like peeled out yeah i would have done the same thing that's fucking creepy no. especially being like by yourself i was listening to that well we'll talk about later what i was listening to mm. but i was definitely listening to like some work by one of the people that was murdered mm -hmm. and i was just like um is not okay. <laughs> Still playing when all the power went out. Oh, that's literally what was playing when the power went out, and <laughs> everything on all the other computers went out. And I was playing that my computer is hooked up to the store's speaker system, so it was going through the whole sound system in the building, and everything turned off except for that. No, no, no. That's fucking creepy. <clears throat> See, after hearing, like, y'all stories, I definitely thought that I was going to be immune to it. Because I was like, oh, I deal in, like, weird esoteric stuff all the time. I probably won't experience anything really spooky. And then Friday night, the same night that uh, you saw the 666 sign, um, one of my dogs, my mean dog, started just barking at the backyard. Which is not unusual because our backyard backs up to a woods. So she'll bark at, like, deer or rabbits or coyotes or, like, whatever. And usually I just, like, let her outside so she can bark at them. And then she runs back. She just wants, like, the thrill of, oh, I barked at them. I told them to get away. And now she comes back inside. <laughs> but when I let her out, she would not leave our back deck. Like, she would not go down into the yard. She just, like, huddled in a corner and I've never mm -mm. seen her scared like that before. She was huddling in the corner? She was huddling in the corner. So it was oh either Slenderman, <laughs> Bigfoot, no. yes. or Dr. Charles Scudder. I If it was Dr. Charles Scudder, like, he... I would Come have on in. I feel like Come he would have pet the dog. Yeah. He loved dogs. He loved dogs. I don't know. So it's just a little bitch, I guess. No, I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> it is scary, yeah. And to see her scared, like, she never gets scared. It was very creepy. We should go out there. Yeah, I'm good. We're, we're moving. We're, we're recording the podcast outside. Uh, no. no. <laughs> outside in Renee's woods. That's the part where y'all die, and I stay inside like a smart person. Liz will be inside, but don't worry. It'll still sound like she's outside with us with her camping bag. Mm -hmm. Listen, I put the blanket away. Renee gave me this blanket, and I was like, I'm cool. Do you have something that I can use as a blanket while we record? She's like... Yeah, sure. Hands me, like, the creepiest, crinkliest, <laughs> like, ambulance person blanket, you know, those, like, like silver, bag, shiny ones. sleeping bag. Yeah. It feels like a Patagonia vest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see that. I was just that was over here, warm. like, before we started recording, it was like, <laughs> like, I couldn't even move. Oh, yeah. 
So I had to ditch it. I'll just freeze to death. It's fine. <laughs> It'll make for a nice podcast. Which I mean, speaking of, in case you guys can't tell how great the audio sounds, we are in our new studio. We're in our new studio. Studio, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Renee's wife, Cat, for being oh, the yeah. best. I wish I was married to Cat now. <laughs> she worked super hard for like two weeks on this, so like shout out to uh, to Cat for being the absolute goat and like getting this ready for us. Thanks, Cat. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, <laughs> she literally has the best Instagram handle of all time. Uh, her Instagram handle is Shut Up You Fucking Baby. All one word. All one where word. did that come yeah, from? Where did that come it from? Is, okay, so it is. Do y'all know who David Cross is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he has comedy albums, and one of them is called "Shut Up, You Fucking Baby." Wow, the yeah. tribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Cat's basically like a female David Cross, <laughs> but like also, uh, uh, what's the guy who eats bugs? The Fear Factor host. No, the uh, Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. She's like if David Cross and Bear Grylls like More had a baby, one person. like I've had a baby, been... and that baby was a terrific lesbian named Cat. I've honestly never been more turned on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I get that. Yeah, so I married her. I mean, yes. you know, yeah. I'll just <laughs> admire your marriage from afar. It's fine. <laughs> I always say everyone should have a cat, Todd. She's pretty neat. I mean, yeah, obviously we have, what are these called? Soundboards? Yeah, sound- so we, have, we have sound panels. She got us, like, the little corner things because, like... And didn't she, like, volunteer? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was like, let me build you a recording studio for your podcast. And I was like, what? And you were like, will you marry me? She Again? was like, you dumb Psych- bitch, we're already married. I'm just <laughs> and- kidding. Like, the best part is it's, like, her room in our house, and she's just like, here, I'll okay. let you come into my room. Which, like, that sounds weird, but it, we do, we sleep in the same bed, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we just, I have my office, and she has her, like, video game slash music room. Yeah, she gave up the cat cave. Yes. For the podcast, so. hmm Big shout out to Cat. Oh, yeah, Cat Todd's amazing. Woo. So... <laughs> What did everyone do this week? I feel like they don't know anything about us. We're just like, hi, here's our first name and here's the case. (laughs) So we're going to start, I think, talking like a little bit about ourselves each pod. So Mm -hmm. did you guys do anything fun this week? Um, Yes, I went to my husband's, one of my husband's uh, DJ gigs. Um, It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, stayed out way late. Way later than I've stayed out in a long time um, in that type of setting because I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking. Yeah. I'm, uh, like, six months sober, I think. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so. That's so awesome. Yeah. And um, I stayed at the bar from, like, 9 until 2.30 in the morning drinking ginger beer <laughs> and orange juice and cranberry juice mixed. Um it was a lot of fun, but um, I was falling asleep at the table because I was so fucking exhausted. But I had fun, and I was really, really tired the next day, but I was not hungover, which felt great. 
Oh, that yeah. is the so, worst. Yeah. It's so. nice to still like wake up with a little bit of happiness <clears throat> instead of just like misery. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Pretty sure I heard the birds singing that morning. Like Snow White, <laughs> the deer running in. That's like They're my fave. Song to you. <laughs> Good morning, Katie. Happy I Saturday. see you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> and I just start singing. You just like got up brushing your hair. I just start singing and Sean's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like a fantastic Bollywood dance. Oh my god. With you and the forest creatures <gasps> oh in your bedroom. He's like, how do you guys all know the moves? Sean's like, wait, did you guys choreograph this? (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) Let me go back to sleep. Go downstairs. You'd probably think he was just dreaming. Mm -hmm. Even if I did something like that. I'm sure he has had dreams of you Bollywood dancing before. Mm -hmm. I'm going to. Mm -hmm. You do wear, like, the Bollywood pants, so. The Bollywood pants. pants. Yes. Those are my, my favorite pants. Renee, did you do anything fun this week? Uh, so I had a super stressful week at work. Uh, my boss was out of town this week, and so I naturally was like, oh, this will be a great week. I'll just get to relax and work on stuff. And nope, nope. It was just like day after day of projects being thrown in my lap where it was like, oh, we need this tomorrow. I know your workload is crazy and you have 15 other things that are due by the end of the week, but here's a fire. So... Uh, I actually, la- uh, last night, I went to go see uh, our friend Jace's play, How was which was that? amazing. Yeah, I went with my friend and uh, our friend Amy, and it was phenomenal. How was Jace's play? It was absolutely amazing. Like, it's it's very strange because, like, I know I have talented friends, but it's very strange to, like, see them in their element. And he was very much in his element. It uh, Tonight's actually the closing night, or else I would tell people to go see it. It's called Red. It's about um, the artist Mark Rothko. And just, like, him having a huge commission he has to get done. And uh, Jace's real-life boyfriend, Rob, plays Mark Rothko. And Jace plays his assistant. So it's beautiful because it's the whole play is this whole like conflict between artist and his assistant who is also a painter and just like this oppressive abusive nature of this painter who is older and he sees himself becoming irrelevant and he sees himself like like these new artists like Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein are coming up and he won't accept the fact that he's not like his style of art abstract expressionism isn't like the new vogue anymore like he's not challenging or pushing expectations anymore because he's already done it and now there's people pushing and challenging the expectations he's put forward and it's absolutely amazing and jace is amazing in it call out to jace because like i'm so proud I was absolutely of him blown away i was I'm absolutely so blown away him. i love him so much he's an angel baby <laughs> I told him when he gets famous, he has to remember us little people and like, yes. give us a shout out. And he said that we would be um, with him on the red carpet. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. He'll just take one of each of us to each one. Like one of us gets to go to the Oscars. One of us gets to go to like yeah. the Emmys. I call other. the Tonys. I call right, the Tonys. <laughs> well, damn. Also, last night I went to a disco, a 70s disco. It was an ABBA themed 70s disco in oh Atlanta. God, Everyone that. dressed up. I, like, had my bell sleeves on and, like, my bell bottoms. I was so excited. I want to see a picture. 
and we get there. I don't think I took any. Oh, maybe oh, I, I might have taken one, but like all my friends like dressed up. All my coworkers went, and um, we get there and everything's great. Okay, they're like playing Dancing Queen. There's like Donna Summer, Diana Ross, Elton John. I was like so excited, mm -hmm. so into it. It hits midnight. And a song stops right after Voulez-Vous by ABBA, which is one of my top three favorite ABBA songs. I'm, yeah. like, super into it. We're all excited. And then, do you know what the next song was? Uh, hold on. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Uh, Think about your worst nightmare and then multiply it by 12. That uh, I'm a little bit country. I'm a little rock and roll by the Osmonds. No, that would be too nice. <laughs> Katie, do you have a guess? Um, Sweet Caroline. No, no, no that no, would no. also be too nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, tonight's going to be a good night, but like oh, no, worse. Exactly, Katie. Thank oh, you. Oh, it wasn't 70s? Ex no. Oh. From midnight until we gave up on it at 1.30, they were playing early 2000s. You gave it an hour and a half. <laughs> Each song probably kept going more and more into the 2000s, no. and you're like, hold on, guys, they're going to go back. <laughs> I know they're gonna go back. Okay. Abba's gonna. Where are these swishy, it's the coming. Swishy sleeves for nothing. So I do. Come on. I literally do voulez-vous. Okay, everyone's pumped for the next song. It's since you've been gone by <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Fuck yes. I was like. I mean, I don't hate it, but I would I'm hate it sorry. If, like, if I was in a if 70s I wanted movie. to go to an early two thousands party, I would have pushed my pants down and put a cami on. <laughs> Like, I did not pay for this. For this, yes, I was so irritated. And then he was like, "We'll get back to our regularly scheduled program after this next song." And then the next song was "Old Town Road." No. And then tired of that song. And then he, it was like every three songs was a '70s song, but all the other songs were early 2000s. After that, that's. I'm sorry. I'm crushed, honestly. You yeah. know what's funny, though? I was actually listening to ABBA on Spotify yesterday morning, which I never listened to ABBA. I'm sorry, why My not? intuitions were, like, so high yesterday. Like, it was insane. Oh. Like, I don't know. Probably... Did you know that I was going to have the time of my life for two hours last night? Because <laughs> I really did. Yes. Before he ruined it, I no, was No, like... I was thinking about you the entire time I was listening to ABBA. I'm not joking, because, you know, we've talked about it because we both like ABBA mm -hmm. and Mamma Mia, and... Oh, my gosh. It was weird. Yeah, ABBA's, like, my go-to. My Richard, he gets so tired of me. Oh, so really? tired of me. I'll be in the kitchen doing dishes, listening to, like, some obscure ABBA music, mm -hmm. and my Alexa is on and i'll be like alexa volume up 12 and you can just hear richard <laughs> from the other room going Ugh. <laughs> it doesn't stop the abba never stops you like recreate every scene in mama mia with each song yeah me and the dishes yeah i will literally go put a kimono on just to like swirl it around oh, and, then, and then when it goes to that one scene where she's singing to the um does your mother know you're out? Yes, you call Richard into the room. That song came on last night, and I was doing it to him. I did the choreography from the movie last night to Richard. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? We were at the place, and I was like, na 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 And I was, like, doing the exact same choreography, and he was like, is this, did you, is this, is this Mama Mia? You were like, fall back into the sand. Yeah, I was like, okay, go back. 
Luckily, he's a good dancer, so he kind of like went with it, but mm-hmm. it was embarrassing. But there Everybody are a lot standing in a circle watching you, like. Okay. No, there were a lot of woo girls there. What? What is oh, a woo really? girl? Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No. Oh. It was just like the single girls were like, "Let's take shots, woo!" Yeah, there's an <laughs> there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother. It's like season four, and it's called Woo Girls, and they mm-hmm. go to this new bar. It's like a country bar, and there's like a mechanical bull there, and all this stuff. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, "Oh, there they are, there they are." And yeah, and then he's like, "What?" And he goes, the woo girls. And every five seconds, you just hear a group of girls go, woo! 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 And it's so funny. I was such a woo girl last night. Every time an Abba song came on, I was like, woo! Sometimes it's okay to woo. I'm always I wooing. I think it's okay to woo. I am a woo girl, and I don't care. I have mm-hmm. no shame. The light turns green at the red light. Woo! That's literally me. I was the in my cop car. just gives you a ticket. You're driving off. Extra I was, taco in the Taco Bell bag. Woo! Oh, I would do more than woo if I got an extra taco. Woo, woo, woo! I was in my car on the way here, and I shuffled my entire library, which is like 20,000 songs and podcasts, mm-hmm. just to like see what would happen. And the first thing that came on was Truth Hurts by Lizzo, and I oh, literally God, went, so woo! Fucking good. On my way here, I so. I love that song. Same. So some of Professor Scudder's LSD. Maybe. I wish. God. Dear Professor Scudder. Somebody get the Ouija board out. See if we That's can... I I was gonna suggest that. I actually no, I don't have one. Damn I mean, it. I would be into trying that our next paranormal episode. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Why not, guys? What do I have to this one? Yeah. It's fine. My work almost we haven't survived it yet. swallowed me. <laughs> Still and hopefully uh, I don't take the creepy dark path. <laughs> well, I did, you know. <laughs> I lit us some candle. Hopefully these will bring us some good energy. Oh yeah, it'll bring good energy for when the power goes out. It's fine. Yes, exactly. And I tried to since it's like moon is in Pisces right now and that's mm-hmm. all about creativity, so I tried to do like a Pisces. This is not a theme. good sign. I think that candle is just too low. She's Maybe. trying to relight the candle. <laughs> and her shirt's falling off. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, Katie. I do declare. I do declare. Goodness. <laughs> well, while Katie's trying to relight it, we could probably talk about the tea. I am so pumped, you guys. Okay. So for everyone listening, we have our first sponsor. Oh, my gosh. Woo, Woo! girls! (laughs) I am so excited. Okay, so if you live in Atlanta like we do, I'm sure you've heard of Just Add Honey. It is a local tea company. Mm -hmm. Um, So from here on out, we will be drinking some of that tea. And we went to go pick out some tea specifically for our upcoming episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. All right, so this week, to go with our local Georgia murder, we are going to be drinking a local Georgia tea. Mm -hmm. This tea from Just Add Honey is called Georgia Peaches. It's a sophisticated twist on a southern tea tradition. Our Georgia Peaches tea is porch sipping perfection, wonderful hot. Well, right now we're drinking it iced. So it's yes. actually really, really good. It's really good. Ice. I can't stop drinking it. So I was trying to wait. Tea. I was trying to wait sweet. to be like 
original. It's really good. Oh, yeah. And be like, oh, wow, like tasting it for the first time. Mm-hmm. This is not us tasting it for the first time. We've actually drank a lot of it, but it's really good. Yeah, I good. can't stop drinking it, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited. But, yeah, so good news is, guys, you can buy this tea online if you are not listening from Atlanta. You can mm-hmm. go on their website, justaddhoney.com, and use our discount code, conspiracy. That is conspiracy, but T-E-A at the mm-hmm. end. For 15% off of your purchase of any loose leaf teas, tea accessories, and apparel. And if you do live in Atlanta and you go into a store and you want to have some tea with friends, just mention our podcast at the cash register. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know they could do that. Yep. Oh, that's fucking cool. Sweet. So, yeah. Go do it. Yeah. And go support all, them. All of their teas are amazing. And this is a local tea shop owned by a woman of color. And it's a totally, like, a very small business, and she takes a lot of pride in all of the blends she makes and all of the tea she picks. She handpicks every single tea they serve there. Um, they always have a really delicious, um, like, tea of the month. Uh, I, I am a huge fan. I was extremely excited when I found out about this. And this tea is really good. Okay, so the story that we're going to be covering this time is actually one, like Liz said, that happened in our home state of Georgia. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story of Corpsewood Manor. It is an incredibly interesting case with a lot of layers to it that um, I feel like we're all going to have a lot of fun digging into. Yes. So there's still like... In the area surrounding where Corpsewood Manor was in North Georgia, there are still people who refer to the two victims, Charles Scudder and Joey Odom, as gay Satanists, or more poetically, dangerous homosexuals who frequently engaged in satanic rituals. And unsurprisingly, there is a lot more to them than that. But shockingly, for once, they it's not totally wrong. Um, so Charles Scudder, who I had such a blast researching this week, um, even though I feel like I sound like an early 90s PSA person saying that, but <laughs> I <laughs> I just found him to be, like, incredibly interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, he was born in Wisconsin, which, like, I have in my notes in parentheses, go pack go, because uh, my mom is from Wisconsin, so I always love to see another Wisconsinite. Um, he was Is that a, what they're called? I think so. Wisconsinite. They're not I called like cheeseheads. They should be called cheeseheads. I always hear people call them cheeseheads, mm-hmm. so I just thought that that was like the real thing. I mean, I think that's like a colloquial one. I love cheese. Go oh, on. Oh yeah, it's so the sorry. Best. My parents have literal like cheese hats. You're serious? Yeah. I mean, not made of cheese, but like the foams. Oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I was like, I want to be plucking cheese cubes from my head all day. That's my literal dream. That would be fantastic. Just like a sun hat, but like instead of flowers in it, you just have cheese cubes. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, But he went to school at both the University of Wisconsin and Loyola University in Chicago. And after after graduating from Loyola, he became the associate director for Loyola's Institute of Mind, Drugs, and Behavior, And he was eventually promoted to the professor of pharmacology. And he had a lot of varying interests. He did arts and music and psychology, but he ended up pursuing science as his career, uh, mostly because he found it so interesting. Uh, Colleagues at Loyola described him as an eccentric character, 
because he often dyed his hair strange colors, and he also had a pet monkey at one point. Did we ever find the name of the monkey? I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. I didn't know that he had yeah. a pet monkey. Yeah, he had a pet monkey when he Damn. was still in Chicago. So cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted the name so bad. I just knew that he took a lot of LSD. Yes. <laughs> then and... At every and, then, <laughs> and then took more when he left. So when Charles Scudder was nearing his 50s, he started to grow a little bit disinterested in Chicago. Um, he was a widower at that time with four grown children. And I can I forgot to put the names of his children in the notes, but I can remember three of them. It was Saul, Gideon, Fenris. Ahab. And Ahab, yes. So like... I feel like that gives you a pretty good idea of the type of person he was, just that that's what he decided to name his four children. I love the name Ahab, personally. I think it's fantastic. Name your child Fenris? That takes balls, especially in, like, the 70s. Or I guess it would have been the 50s at that point. Yeah. But his four children were all adults. He was a widower, and he basically lived with his live-in housekeeper, Joey Odom, And he had been his housekeeper for actually 17 years, so he'd been living with them for a while. He even kind of helped raise the children. And I couldn't find out if Joey moved in before or after his wife died. Um, But all I know is in Charles Scudder's, like, article he wrote, he specifically says that Joey helped him raise the children. And when I think of Joey, I basically imagine Hank Azaria's character from The Birdcage mixed with Al from Tool Time. I mean, it really is like the 50s version of the pool boy. That's what yes. I envision. Like, Speedo wearing... Yeah, he's like wearing the the equivalent of a French maid costume. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's just like, oh, your bathroom floors are so dirty, Dr. Scudder. Let me scrub them with I fabuloso. Mean, is su- such a name to like, just... I, I love it. Dr. Oh. Scudder. I do declare this house is filthy. Let me spruce it up for you. Oh, brrr. (laughs) And uh, by this time, also, Joey was definitely more of a housekeeper because the two of them did share a bed at this point. Now, I was fortunate enough to find an article Dr. Scudder wrote in 1981 uh, detailing his experience going to Corpsewood Manor and building it and everything. And uh, he wrote that in an, a publication called Mother Earth News. Just going to scoot down. So this is a segment from Castle in the Country where it's him talking about how he made the decision to leave Chicago. And these are his exact words. As time passed, the medical students grew more unruly and less interested in learning. The standards of the school steadily dropped, and my department became a hotbed of office politics, backbiting, and resentment. As soon as I got home each evening, I'd change into my old and not-too-clean-or-mended jeans and muddle about in the garden, finding there the only real moments of satisfaction left in my urban life. I was even pleased when the city's wildlife, the rats, drank from my garden pool at night. In such a melancholy environment, it was no wonder that I suffered— along no doubt with many others, from continual hankering, vexation, and apathy. But then I inherited my little income, and I thought, oh, I want out. Oh, man, do I ever want out. I was old when I came into a modest inheritance, which amounted to a monthly income of about $100. 
I was pretty much alone, too, with my wife gone and all of my children grown up. Furthermore, my house was no castle in the country. I lived in an old mansion in a decaying residential area that was more like a mausoleum, a tomb requiring care, cleaning, and endless costly repairs. I was plagued with taxes, light bills, gas bills, water bills, heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted from watching my old neighborhood disintegrate into an urban ghetto. Click, 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 click. By the way, I do feel like that sentence is a little classist. It's a little classist. It's a I, little yeah. racist if you think about the time period. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't help it. I was like, man, I just want to love everything about you and feel bad for you mm-hmm. and, like, not want you to die. But also, I mean, no. he was saying that his city was crumbling, basically, because of the... Integration, basically. Right, exactly. And I hated that. I hated it when I found out. Out of everything. And I had to say stuff like that. I almost left the last four words out and, like, just cut it off after disintegrate. But then I was like, no, because, like, that's what he said. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm going to talk. I'm going to spend most of this podcast talking about him really positively. So I should also (coughs) give a bad. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't know him. So, I mean, it's hard to be like. He was a racist, mm-hmm. but if that's what he chose to publish, yes, he was pretty forward about not wanting integration to be a thing. Right. Yeah. So take that as you will. <laughs> so Charles searched for a place where he and Joey could live off the grid, so to speak. And he, they wanted a place where seasonally it would be pretty consistent, where they would be able to grow their own food and basically live fairly easily like they didn't want to you know go to michigan or something where it's going to be snowing half the time so he started looking around and talking to like uh, neighborhood association people in different parts of the southeast and one of them in north georgia sent him a message to let him know that there is a 40 acre spot of land up in the north georgia mountains and he visited it shortly after hearing about it and immediately like decided he wanted to live there And he and Joey made the arrangements for a well to be built on the land before they moved on it so they'd have access to water. And then they set about getting everything set up in Chicago so that they could easily move. And then on his 50th birthday, Dr. Scudder resigned from Loyola. And I have a very dramatic sentence in my notes, so I apologize in advance. He announced his resignation for Loyola and set in motion the events that would bring him immense joy then lead to his unfortunate death. So they auctioned all of their furniture off that they wouldn't need, gave away all of their electrical appliances because they weren't going to have electricity, and sold the property, taking very little with them down to Georgia. Um, They named the area Corpsewood Manor because when they arrived in the late autumn, early winter, all they saw were barren trees. And then they named the road that goes to it Dead Horse Road because the first time they saw it, there was a horse carcass there. Yeah, that so, that creeped me out when I so read that. Creepy. It's like they're oh, like, oh, how quaint. Okay. Yeah, how quaint. right. And they were like, mm, dead horse road. Mm-hmm. Love Sounds it. great. So yeah. homey. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was especially cool is while living on a trailer on the property with their two English mastiffs, um, Scudder and Odom began building their new homestead with little more than hand tools. Like they had a really small list of equipment, especially when you think about the fact that they were literally building a house. They had a wood-burning stove, a chainsaw, a two-wheel dolly, a small concrete mixer, a garden cultivator, and a kerosene refrigerator. And that's, like, pretty much literally it. 
So crazy. They dug the foundation themselves, which I think is really cool, and laid each brick by hand. Oh my and I found God. I found this so adorable is they celebrated like each big achievement, like the day they got the pump to work in the well, <laughs> the day they got um, the outhouse set up with like the chemicals in it, uh, the day they were able to get the refrigerator working. Um, the day they finished the foundation, the day they put the roof up, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, every, like, special milestone like that, they would celebrate with um, just, like, taking the night off and having glasses of homemade wine. And they so would cute. name it, like, Roof Day, Foundation Day. Aww. Yeah, so f- they were a really adorable I mean, couple. that house is amazing to be built just by the two of them. Yeah, my such hand. little my equipment. Hand. Like, and this is in the 1970s, 1977? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? And it took them two years for them to finish the main building, um, including the roof. And Scudder lovingly called their home a mini mansion, which I thought was really cute. So their little, what he called country estate, had a circular rose garden at the end of the drive, fruit trees and grapevines, a vegetable garden that produced fresh corn, cabbage, carrots, turnips, and other edibles, and a brick gazebo topped by a sun deck overlooking the garden. And they actually had at least one wedding there where Dr. Scudder stood on the sun deck and played the harp during the ceremony. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so because of the abundance of vegetables and fruit and because they had their own little flock of chickens there... Their monthly bills were only $200 a month. That is so wild. And I went ahead and looked up, like, how much that would be today, and it would be $563. That is nothing. Imagine if all of your bills were $563 a month. I would be so happy. Oh, my God. And that was just from taxes, gasoline, kerosene, insurance, and, like, them having to go and buy stuff in town that they couldn't grow, like wheat flour, you know, just kind of the essentials like that that you can't get growing yourself but (laughs) Uh, they had no electric water phone or fuel bill which he was very proud of and um to hear scudder's words the two men felt truly free in their beautiful isolated homestead which i thought was really cute that's crazy yeah so like super cute two super cute gay men setting up their own little rose garden and then you hear about how he decorated it, and you're like, oh, could it be Satan? I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I love, love it. it. Just, like, all the stuff he decorated with. Um, like, we, we were talking earlier, the pink gargoyle, which overlooked the garden. And when he left Chicago, he took 12,000 tabs of LSD from Ooh! the laboratory and two actual human skulls, which he decorated the house with. And then, Yeah. Um, a stained glass portrait of Baphomet that Scudder made himself because among his other amazing talents he also painted and made stained glass and then the two mastiffs I mentioned earlier were named Beezlebub and Arsenoth which one is a demon obvious I mean I think we all know who Beezlebub is now and the other is an HP Lovecraft character and some people even believe Scudder summoned a demon to help yes. the two guards guard or yes. the two dogs guard the area. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking sick. Yeah. All I'm gonna say <laughs> though is, I mean, it's pretty bold to mm-hmm. decide to have all of that as your decor in the mountains of North right? Georgia yes. as a gay man right. in the 70s. They gave no fucks. No. And did you see how they? 
um, decorated their car, their van. Yes. There's, like, pentagrams all yeah. over it. I was like, like oh, yeah, it's okay. a black Jeep, care. which is already fucking awesome, and then with white pentagrams on the side. But... And it was amazing, because, like, apparently even people who liked them referred to them as, like, the gay Satanists. Even though Odom, if you were to ask Joey Odom what his religion was, he would say he was a Catholic, even though he wasn't necessarily practicing. Right. But Scudder would be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Satanist. Hail Satan. Yeah. But, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't find a lot about him being, like, an actual practicing, like... Well, there was things, there's things that say that there wasn't proof, but while they were, the house was being looked through, there were, there were checks that were being sent. Like, there was involvement. Yeah, he did send the membership fee to the Church of Satan at least yes. once. And that was the day that he actually, like, became an official member. Yeah. And that was, um, in 1980. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he... Decorated his house in that way, mm-hmm. and then I guess was like, make it official. Oh yeah, and there apparently he was very obsessed with the Adams family, which like yes. girl same. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a sign they put up that said, "Beware of the thing." Yes, I loved that. That was so cool. I was so I'm into it. I really love Charles Scudder. <laughs> I mean, he was, I, him and I, I feel like him and I have a, we would be good friends. I would be I feel a like friend we are all of... good friends with him because he's been talking to us all week. <laughs> I mean, seriously. He's been flicking the lights on off. I just want to go see their chicken house. I'm here. I'm queer. Oh, yeah. By the way, one of the main reasons we wanted to cover this story is because it's still Pride Month. Yes. <laughs> so what, what better way to celebrate than talking about a murder of two gay guys, I guess? Whatever. <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> 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 the best thing about being in Atlanta is you get two prides. That's true. I you can't do. wait because we get we get Pride Month and then we get to celebrate in October too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, can we talk about their chicken house? Yes, 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 yes. That. Please talk about the chicken house. I deliberately I'm a little did too not make. Excited. I deliberately did not take any <laughs> notes about it because I knew you really wanted to talk about Katie it. Katie is so excited for these sex parties; she cannot contain herself. <laughs> Orgies and sex. She can't contain herself right now. So, I did. I tried my hardest to find, like, what happened during these sex parties. Like, I really did. Nothing. There's there's not much of anything you can find. Oh, it's, yeah, the um, only thing I could find is that they drank homemade wine. Right. Well, <clears throat> these sex parties that we were talking about um, actually took place in a three-story chicken house that Scudder built. Um, in this chicken house, it um, the first floor contained poultry and food. The second stored canned goods and pornography. And the third floor was the most special room of all. The pink room, a.k.a. the pleasure chamber. Pleasure chamber. I mean, the names. It has two names. Yes. Like, <laughs> well, pink because... room, pleasure chamber. Mm-hmm. I guess the pink room if you're not doing anything sexual. Yeah. But um, apparently it's pink because they got the paint on like a discount because, mm-hmm. yeah, they were saying that Scudder like did not like the color pink, but they were able to get it really cheap. <laughs> so he painted it. And I also love that you had to get there from a ladder. Right. Literally. No stairs. Like, I'm just envisioning these people like just climbing up the ladder, especially mm-hmm. the multiple amount of people that must have come for these parties. Yes. Um, and I love that they just store like, oh, these are our canned goods and our pornography. Right? <laughs> so hungry. Crazy. Ignore stacks of pornography when you get the canned corn. 
I also read that they painted it pink. I don't know if this is true or not. Mm -hmm. This might be just a, a fan theory. But I read like a whole article about how they chose pink for the pink room because when he left Chicago, he took 12,000 doses of oh, yeah. LSD from the lab mm -hmm. with him. 12,000 yeah. doses. That's wild. That's so so I read online that pink is like the craziest color to interact oh. with when you're on hallucinogens. So I read a theory that, that he wanted to kind of like not secretly dose people, but mm -hmm. like have a good right, time and yeah. see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't think he was like a Charles Manson type. Oh, no, I don't think like, he was drugging five anyone. Tabs and I'll take one. <laughs> I do think he told people what he had, but yes. he didn't oh, force yeah. anyone to do it. And so. it was probably pretty consensual, too. I mean, it's the mm -hmm. 70s. Right. Yeah. Everybody so. was doing lots of drugs. Oh, um, so the pleasure chamber as we have said, um, held sex parties and orgies for guests who visited the manor. It contained mattresses, candles, whips, and chains, pornography, and a logbook with all the guests' sexual, sexual preferences whenever they came to the party. So they would know who liked what, who wanted to do what, you know. Wait, That's so was... progressive. A consent book, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's I like... think that is like, I'm just surprised that there's more pornography in the pink room. Like we have so much. How much? How, I know how to, much <laughs> to keep it in. I wonder. Well, it's I, know, 70, I wonder if so they had Michelle's thumb drives. That's true. You know, Michelle could have been around around this time, so maybe they had his pornography in there. They probably did. They, I mean, they might have. <gasps> they probably did on VHS. Oh my gosh, Budafield porn. Yes. I also feel like though, since it was the seventies, it was probably all on VHS tapes. Yes. So realistically anyone would need two rooms for their porn collection <laughs> back then so i mean those motherfuckers are my good. favorite part is the consent book it's like right? hi oh. i'm elizabeth i like this gender and this gender and i'm into wax play goodbye mm -hmm. <laughs> like so wild i'm not really into wax play that's i mean i've never tried it i might be mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, well, it would. I just realized it wouldn't have been VHSs because they didn't have electricity. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Oh, so they were doing like no, they were doing like magazines. No, like magazines. What a dingus! Yes. Like magazines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they'd have to flip through and imagine it, Katie. She's a super eight. <laughs> Good pie. <laughs> they didn't have electricity. What's <laughs> did? They just hold a candle up to the projector. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so happy about the fact that they didn't have electricity. They were just like light candles at she night. Was like, I love being Amish. <laughs> yes. A Satanist yeah. Gay Satan Amish. Amish. That's fantastic. Wow. That's a metal band. <clears throat> yes, but um, aside from these sex parties that they had, um, they were well known in the area at the time from these sex parties. People knew they were very open with who they were um, or their homosexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and as Renee touched base... Um, they, Scudder was also very open with his, um, his, him being a Satanist and a part of the Church of Satan. Scudder, um, did not worship Satan. He was an atheist is what he would tell people, mm -hmm. you know? And so I figured maybe let's take a little, uh, trip into what exactly the Church of Satan is just mm -hmm. to get a little acquainted with, you know, I, the fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause he was like a Levian Satanist. Yes. 
Um, so the Church of Satan was founded on April 30th, 1966 by Anton Zandar LeVay. Do I think I'm saying that right? He's dead. <laughs> he can't correct us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the church itself um, is openly dedicated to man's true nature. Satan is the symbol that best suits the members. He represents pride, liberty, and individualism. These are qualities that are often defined as evil by those who worship external deities. Symbolic Satanism, practiced by the Church of Satan, does not worship a deity. They instead worship themselves and think of themselves basically as a god. Mm -hmm. The devil is used as a symbol of, of humankind's inner desires and is closely related to atheism, which is, just in case, you know, you don't know what atheism is, it's the disbelief <laughs> or lack of belief in the existence of god or gods. Um, the founder, LeVay, wrote the Satanic Bible. And in the Satanic Bible, um, he is, has said that man invented all the gods because many of our species cannot accept or control their personal egos, feeling compelled to conjure up one or a multiplicity of characters who can act without hindrance or guilt upon whims and desires. Satanists understand all gods are fiction, and they place themselves at the center of mm -hmm. their own subjective universe as the own highest value. They offer love to those who deserve it and deliver wrath, within reasonable limits, <laughs> to those who seek to cause harm. The first Church of Satan was established during the most important demonic celebration of the year, when witches and devils roam the earth, the spring equinox. And there is another word for it I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Because um, as Liz said, what did you say it looked like? I said the word that they use looks like Donnie from the Wild Thornberry. For everything like, that he will say, yes. If he had a script, that would be it. It was like, You can check their website and find it yourself. Let me try. It's definitely a German word. It's like, well, well, Gernacht. Something like that. Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce it and not be funny because I respect her words. Okay. Wow, Pergish not. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Please help us if you can. <laughs> Anyone Satanist, hit me. Let's see. We're all just going to take turns trying to pronounce this. Oh, God. I will not. Why is it German? That's just... Well, Pergesnacht. That was I mean, great. Yeah. That was I said snatched. You said snocked. I feel like. <laughs> Please send us um, recordings. Let us know. Sure. Yeah. Send us an Please. Instagram DM of literally just, <laughs> well, Pergesnatch. <laughs> Help us. Help. <laughs> I really want to know how to say it. Um, so, yeah, they um, the first Church of Satan was established on the spring equinox, which was the night of April 30th and the morning of May 1st. The Ooh, church, major. yeah, the church was first organized, was the first organized church in modern times, prom promulgating a religious philosophy, championing Satan as the symbol of personal freedom and individualism. LeVay uh, was quoted once as saying about the Church of Satan, We established a Church of Satan, something that would smash all concepts of what a church was supposed to be. This was a temple of indulgence to openly defy the temples of abstinence that had been built up until. We didn't want it to be an unforgiving, unwelcoming place, but a place where you could go to have fun. And two revolutions came from the Church of Satan, one being the integration of magic and logic, and two, a religion based on self-indulgence, carnality, the here and now instead of the there and then. Kind of sounds like Michelle. <laughs> Focus on the right now. Not saying, right now. That, you know, it just kind of sounds like that from Budafield. Um, 
and the pleasure instead of denial. So you can kind of see where Scudder found his place within the Church of Satan, mm -hmm. um, being free to be himself and express himself without feeling ostracized. And he definitely like was very okay with being open and yeah showing who he was to everybody and not caring. And the Church of Satan just was, I think, something that he was able to go to. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, absolutely. And. I don't know. Personally, like, one of the things I love about the Church of Satan so much is a lot of it, especially, like, the rituals and stuff, is built right. specifically just to be, like, oh, a yeah. middle finger to Abrahamic religions. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, you have a Sabbath? Great. We have a black Sabbath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a cross? Great. Ours inverted. I mean, but like, like, like it was said, they don't worship Satan. No, they, it's, they it's don't. It's just they don't believe in the God or yeah. gods at all, and it's just... They believe in, like, the power that man has to, like, experience his Be yourself. life to the fullest. Yeah, it's, don't be afraid of what anybody's going to say about you or, you know, yeah. tell you to do. Just pretty much be a slut. Do what you want. Exactly. Spread, spread those legs. <laughs> oh, my. Spread your legs for <laughs> Satan. Spread your legs for Satan. Um, I thought you guys would join in, but yeah. all right. My I, mom I listens. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm we 25 and I'm not allowed to join in. No, you can do whatever you want. I'm just not going to join you. Donna listens. <laughs> Hi, Donna. Aside from their, you know, sex parties and being Satanist, is, which is what caught people's, like, attention most in the town, the couple caught the attention of two local men in particular, uh, Tony West and Avery Brock. Oh, yeah, because uh, they used to let hunters hunt on their land because these because Odom and uh, Odom and Scudder were really nice guys, really nice Very guys nice. just trying to live their life and be Satanists and drink homemade wine and sometimes have a sex party, which was, everything was completely consensual. And they also let people hunt on their land. And one of the people who hunted on their land was... Avery Brock, which, like, sounds like a fucking made-up name. Like, if I was to write, like, a, a parody of not... A parody of Not Another Teen Movie, which is already a parody, I would name the douchebag football character Avery Brock. I mean, Tony West, too. Tony West. They both had the worst, the worst bully names. names. <laughs> right? Right? So, yeah, like, Brock was just like, oh, these people have cool parties, and they have a nice house. Clearly, they're millionaires. No, it, Wrong. Yeah. All he ever saw when he went there was the pleasure chamber. Yeah, because they they were smart to some degree. Like they, if I guess I don't even know if they ever let people come into the main house, but no, they didn't. They yeah, didn't. never, like, never, ever, ever. They yeah, were like, only there for the sexual pleasure. Why yeah. do you need to go look around their house? Exactly. Yeah, they were like, okay. I'm sure nobody house? ever asked. Yeah. Uh, well, I would have. Because that's just how I am, though. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, weird. I love Zillow. I love looking at houses. Oh, I love yeah. doing walkthroughs on houses. If mm -hmm. I would have been there and seen that how they built it. How many times do you set up appointments just to go look through a house but with no intention of... It's an alarming it. amount. <laughs> I want to go But I only you. do the ones that are self-walkthroughs because I won't waste a realtor's time. Oh, yeah. That's just rude. Mm -hmm. They make commission, you know, so... Yeah. I just do, like, the self-guided tours, <laughs> and I sit in the empty bathtubs and wish I was taking a bath. Well, now I feel like it's time for us to talk about the murder. It's unfortunately time. The time. Ooh. The literal reason we're all in this room right now. Yes. Okay. 
So it was all fun and games for Scudder and Odom until December 12th, 1982. Now I know we already talked about Avery and Sam West. Yeah, um, he goes by Sam and Tony, just like depending on what he's feeling that day. What kind of manic he's, you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll. Sometimes he's Samuel West, sometimes he's Tony West. But yeah. Part-time Sam, full-time racist. Full-time racist. He is an unemployed construction worker with nothing else to do. He was like 30 years old, trailer. right? Yeah. Yeah, he was 30. And his roommate was 17. Like, what? that's the most North Georgia thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. Sure they were. Unemployed man in his 30s. More than roommates. I don't think so. I don't think so I because they were very much like, I think, oh, there's some queer devil worshippers up there yeah. and they got money. Let's go get it. I thought Avery was very homophobic. No, of course no, Avery, Avery wasn't. Was, Avery was the one who said these these guys are queer devil worshippers. Right, but I think that's, I think he went with the intention of actually being into what was happening at first. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then got the notion of, oh, they have money. Yes. Like. I yeah. think he thought that from hanging out with them for so long. And he was 17. Yeah, he's I was going to say, stupid. yeah, being 17, hanging out with 30-year-olds that are so hateful, right. mm-hmm. I feel like he probably, in that time, in that state, and also in that literal state, he probably <laughs> was ashamed to be hanging out with them. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm sure when he was there in the pink room, he could be himself and free of all his inhibitions. Mm-hmm. But then when it came time to take Tony... With him, it obviously did not go well. No, not at all. So on December 12th, um, Samuel, Tony West, and Kenneth Avery Brock and their friends... Uh, Teresa Givens and Joey Wells. Who were another? Hutchins. Was it Hutchins? I don't know. I haven't. It might be Hutchins. Teresa Hutch-Givens. It ain't matter. We can just say their first names. Yeah. Yeah, Teresa and Joey... Yeah, so on that night, Kenneth Avery Brock and Samuel Tony West were hanging out with... Teresa and Joey, who were also, like, two teenagers. Right, right exactly. So that's how they we just know needed that a ride a because they were, yeah. like, they, their car didn't work. Yeah. yeah, so they're all hanging out. They were doing whippets. Yeah. <laughs> toodaloo. Toodaloo. They were doing is, toodaloo, which, which is, is the Georgia way of saying, like, you're basically are chloroforming yourself. It's like yes. a rag yeah, with, like, like, paint thinner, paint thinner and all kinds of stuff. And you're, like, huffing it. So it's like it's, doing whippets with a wash rag. It's the most that, redneck thing ever. Literally. I mean, that's... So they're doing, they're doing that and they're drinking. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam... Is just like, okay, well, let's go have some fun, whatever, whatever. I feel like he knew all along. There are differing reports. Some people say that he just, like, had the gun in his trunk. Mm-hmm. Some people say that he purposefully put it in the trunk before they left. Yeah. Um, but I do know for sure that the police report says that they were just driving around, like, trying to figure out what to do when they were mm-hmm. really high. And then... Avery was like, oh, let's go to this place. Let's go to Corpsewood. They always have wine. They -hmm. like to have a good time. They have drugs. Like, let's just go hang out. And then that's when I think a little light bulb went off with Tony, Samuel Mm -hmm. Tony, whatever. And he was just like, hmm, yes, the rich devil 
Hmm. Gaiman. Yes. Sounds perfect. Because, like, it definitely seems like Teresa and Joey thought they were just going to have a good time. Yeah, they were just going to have no idea what was happening. Yeah, I read reports that it was actually, like, a planned out thing. I oh, think, really? Yeah, I read I read somewhere that they basically, and that's why, um, that's why Avery kept going to the house to try and, like, get the layout of the house. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel like they were planning to do it. Yeah, and... But it well, might I don't have think been a castle. Would... All four of them were. Oh like, no, oh, Teresa. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no Teresa and Joey were like totally like they yeah. had no clue they were what was happening. Clueless. They were like, "All right, we need a ride. We want to hang out because I think right. they were trying to go yeah. on a date." Yeah, they were just yes. trying to hang out. That's right. what I'm saying. They had no idea. They were like, "Oh yeah, let's go somewhere." And then all of a sudden, these two guys, Kenneth and Tony, are just like, "Oh, Apparently. yeah, let's go to this place." Mm-hmm. Like fully knowing what was yes. about to go down. So he has a gun in his trunk. They take the toodaloo, and they drive on over to Corpsewood. Um, so it's not really clear whether Avery had several sexual encounters with mm-hmm. Scudder and Odom. Um, we know of at least one confirmed sexual encounter. Um, he attempted to initiate a threesome, but he got rejected. Yeah. I don't think that was really Odom's vibe. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would probably agree but with I that. But I definitely, we know for sure he had sex with Scudder, Scudder at least one time. I'm under the assumption it was recurring. Do you think maybe it was, Odom had a problem with it? Because, you know, Odom is, what, 19 years younger than mm-hmm. Scudder? Uh, he was 12 years younger. No, I thought Scudder I was, like, was... 56. I don't think Odom was that much. He might have been 19 years younger. Actually, Scudder was 56 you. and Odom was 37. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, the age oh, difference, and then... Okay. With um, Avery being 17. Right. I wonder if Odom was a little, like, hold up. I know he likes a young man. Like, oh, yeah, maybe that could have been why they got denied, why he denied mm-hmm. him. Yeah, well, he was loyal for so right. long. I mean, like, yeah. so right. I would assume, I would be the same way. I'd be like, oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. You, oh, oh. Oh, yeah? Oh, you want to, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So, uh, no. yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, so, I think that Scudder kind of was just like, oh, it's my friend. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, he brought more friends. Of course. Like, let's host a little party. Let's have some homemade wine. because it was unplanned. He was was so nice, and he even, like, greeted them super friendly and, like, bummed a cigarette for Odom because Odom was still cleaning up in the kitchen. Like, didn't suspect anything, just, Mm -hmm. like, super fucking friendly. And so, basically, Avery tried to kind of pretend that he was going to initiate some sort of like a sexual encounter threesome type thing with Tony and Scudder kind of like oh yeah like it's totally normal blah 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 and then Tony is like I I don't know if it's staged Mm -hmm. but this is what was said like there was some like sex stuff involved he just like kind of started touching on Scudder like they started having like a moment and I think that's when Tony snapped he was uh, just okay. like, no, not in Georgia. We don't do that. Here. <laughs> no, no, no. no, we don't like the gay people. <laughs> no. So we don't have proof of that. But, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like that was the way they were going to try and get Scudder's walls down. Yeah. Um, And it kind of just backfired. Yeah, and it was Avery who went out and got the gun. So, yeah, that was the part that definitely shocked me the most, was that Avery was the one to go get the gun. Yes. Um, so he comes back up, and then Scudder, you know, thinks it's all one joke, because he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is my friend, ha, 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 gun. Like, 
in my opinion, if one of you guys came into my house with a gun, I would be like, uh... <laughs> yeah, not a thing. Why? Bye. Why? Yeah. So then it all takes a turn for the terrible. Mm-hmm. They tie Scudder up and gag him. They start ripping up the pink sheets on the pink mattresses in the pink room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they gag him, leave him there, go to the main house. Where they shoot Odom twice. Yeah. So I think it was West who, sh- who shot Odom. Like That's Brock- what I was literally just looking yeah. for. Like Brock? No, Brock shot him. Oh, because yeah. West, West got charged with double homicide. Yeah, I read that Wes got him. Oh, man, I read that Brock got him. So Brock actually has the gun. They go and they shoot Odom twice and the two dogs. Yeah, and then the dogs hadn't moved at all. No. They were sitting by the kid by the stove, yeah. the wood burning stove, because it was cold outside because it was December. so sad. So you can tell in my, I think that what happened was Odom didn't expect it, obviously. Yes. So I think they walked in and they probably shot the dogs first because they were just laying there by the fire mm-hmm. or else obviously they would have alarmed right. Odom. Yeah. So I think they killed the dogs and they shot Odom twice. And it's, I mean, you have to, that is kind of one of the things that makes me think that it was a little more than robbery. Like, obviously, that was their main motive. Right. But just the fact that they just maliciously shot Odom immediately. And dogs. And their dogs. Yeah. They're so cute, yeah. too. So then they go back to the pink room. Mm-hmm. And they are, like, obviously, they're really, really high. They're probably drunk. And they're just, like, enraged. They're screaming at Scudder, where's your money? Where are your vowels? I know you have them. Mm-hmm. Like, blah, blah, blah expletive 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 <laughs> like where's your stuff show us yeah. and he's insisting like i don't have money right. here what money i do have is in the bank i don't work i live off of this much a month like he's just trying to explain to them like yeah i don't have riches like mm-hmm. i was rich at one point i gave it up to literally live here so what these douche canoes don't realize is that there were no riches there were no valuables Mm-mm. it's like in my opinion i'm like okay so this guy used to be rich he's obviously eclectic they're obviously different he came out here to have no electricity he didn't want to keep all this stuff around and he only gets a monthly inheritance pay of a hundred dollars yeah, exactly which like is still a lot but it's not like riches like yeah. he's not a wealthy man mm-hmm. anymore in my opinion so once they finally realize that there were no great riches, great treasures, great prizes to mm-hmm. steal. Um, they shoot Scudder five times in the head. Well, they dragged him into the into the house so he could see his dogs <laughs> yeah. and Odom. Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they Sorry. drag him and they like like try and get it one more time, and he's like, "I don't have anything," and he's just like trying to shuffle over to Odom's dead body and he's crying the whole time and he says his last words before they shot him were I asked for this and some people are like oh well he said that because they had such an open door policy and they like would just let anyone come and party with them and Mm -hmm. he's so weird and eccentric this was bound to happen but um, it's a lot more likely that he was referring to a very creepy self-portrait he painted a few months earlier um, depicting himself gagged and shot five times in the head and this was based on a recurring nightmare he had 
of that situation happening. And so, yeah, like, as he was crying over the slain body of Joey and his two dogs, he was shot five times in the head. That is so insane. It's so terrifying. Yeah, the portrait is... Very creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy to look at. And you can Google Corpsewood Manor shelf portrait and see it. I've seen it, and it was not okay. And just the fact that he knew the number and, like, where he was shot, like... It's really unnerving. It but is. you know who else had like premonitions? Um, Priscilla from Colin Davis. True. Oh yeah, she did. True. Yeah, she oh, like I forgot had, about that. You know, visions and dreams of what was going to happen to her. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, they shoot him five times in the head. They take the few valuables and things around the house that they can find and scrounge up. They found oh, yeah, literally it, loose change. Literally, yeah, they took like a handful of loose change, like literally nickels and dimes, like not even quarters. <laughs> handful mm-hmm. of nickels and dimes, jewelry, a pair of silver candelabras, mm-hmm. and a gold-plated dagger, and that's literally it. Like, was and it worth it? No. No, they completely ransacked the house. And like, while they were ransacking the house, though, that's when they accidentally knocked into his stereo system where like stereo system it's not really a stereo system but it's just like a little tape recorder right earlier in the day where scudder had recorded himself playing um his harp and um he was reciting the words to william blake's the tiger um and while brock and west were ransacking the house they accidentally knocked into it and so he like his voice and his heart playing just came booming out into mm-hmm. the house and i bet that was like a really creepy feeling such a scary especially for avery i feel like Mm -hmm. even though he was obviously very misled and like not really ready to be open with himself Mm -hmm. you can just imagine i mean obviously we'll find out later the kind of guilt that he had was probably so real in that moment so creepy and if you're thinking oh that would be really creepy to hear that we're actually going to end our episode today with that recording so you have that to look forward to yeah stay tuned for the reading (laughs) so after that they leave and by the way there are two like guests like their two friends oh they tried to like as soon as shit started going down they tried to leave but they couldn't because the car wouldn't start so they're just like sitting there like Uh, like what are they doing looking around it's 1982 we don't have phones it's so crazy uh, just imagine thinking you're going to a house party because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want to intervene. Of course they're not. Like, uh, I'm just gonna have to do this thing. We're gonna act like we're their friends still, and then we're just gonna wait until everything's done. And yeah, and they're high too, so they're just like double terrified. Oh God! Imagine yeah. that paranoia. Oh shit! Yeah. So, um, like Renee said, they try to leave to flee, um, mm-hmm. and the car doesn't start, so they end up <laughs> riding away in the pentagram mobile. Yes, the amazing black jeep. Because Scudder is an absolute badass. Which, yeah. that's really, not a Jeep uh, you can just drive around nonchalant. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you cannot go undercover in a pentagram-covered van. Yeah. Driving with intention. Like, in that small town, everybody's mm-hmm. going to know whose Jeep that is. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Right. So, they get in the pentagram mobile. They flee to Mississippi. They hide out where they ended up killing another man, Kirby Phelps. And another robbery gone wrong on December 15th. Mm -hmm. So it's three days later. They've obviously driven to Mississippi. And they probably were trying to just get more money, get more food, get whatever they could. Well, from what I read, the Jeep broke down. 
Right. So they... That's what I'm saying. They yeah. needed more supplies. They needed more mm-hmm. food. They needed help. They needed water and yeah. money and, like, everything. Yeah, they didn't think this through. No. Of course not. They planned nothing. <laughs> because they, planned they didn't nothing. get all the fortune that they thought they were going to get. No. <laughs> Their nickels and dimes didn't get them that far. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think by December 15th, had their neighbor come to the house yet? A friend... Oh, a friend had come to the house. Uh, Raymond Williams came to... Uh, Corpsewood Manor to tell the tell Scudder and yes. Adam of a friend that had passed away, mm-hmm. and he saw bullet holes in the kitchen door and uh, called the police. Yes. Um, and the same day he went to the police, Teresa also went to the yeah. police because mm-hmm. she had been held hostage in Joey's house. Mm-hmm. She, he what? would yes, he would not let her go to the police. Like she wanted to go like immediately, and he wouldn't let her. And he held her hostage oh until three God. or four days later when she finally escaped. Because he is probably paranoid. Right. Like, if oh, you yeah. go and talk about that, then obviously, like, it's not going to be good for us. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the police. They go to the police. Um, and then after that, Brock returns to Georgia and turns himself in on December 20th. Because he said he was tired of running. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and... know where I'm going, because he basically just went, like, halfway <laughs> out west. And then he was like, mm, he was like yeah, bye. I don't know where I'm going, yeah. so let's go back. Yeah, so he turns himself in, and then on Christmas Day, December 25th, 1982, Wes does the same thing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is where mm-hmm. he was from. So he goes to his hometown, yeah. and he's like, hi, hello, I'm the worst. Oh, but he didn't even think he was the worst, because in his confession, he said, all I can say is they were devils, and I killed them, that's right. how I feel about it. And intro, the satanic panic. Yes. Oh yeah, it's well, it's be- astounding to me that this happened during when the satanic. I mean, like was right before and the victims. Well, it's were even Satanists. the A-Satanists. the trial itself was like interesting. With you know, of course, they were being called homosexual devil worshippers, exactly. and even people, some people like said that Brock and West basically should have been found innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still people who believe that. It's like why because this gay couple who uh you know was a little eccentric and mm-hmm. was a part of the church of satan yeah they deserved that no exactly right well it's because the defense painted the picture of oh this scary satanist he had this in his house he had this in his house he had all these drugs right. and we bet he was dosing people he probably raped avery he was probably yeah. none of it was in their wills and it's like mm-hmm. no wake up this is the 70s they were having orgies they oh, were having yeah. lsd and probably cocaine mm-hmm. fueled right. orgies it yes. was definitely consensual he never was the type of person to actually want to like do anything like that i read so many reports and like a quote from him scolder saying that he didn't like being high so obviously I mean, yeah. he's not dosing people he's drinking the same wine they're drinking yeah and, like, the defense really tried to say, oh, well, they clearly laced their wine with LSD, and they were insane when they were doing this. They didn't even realize what they were doing, even though there was absolutely no evidence of that right. at all. Well, there's no evidence of any of it, except oh, for yeah. a couple of Baphomet paintings, mm-hmm. a Beelzebub sculpture, and a pink gargoyle. Yeah. And you're Which like, oh, fucking yep, murderers. Metal, metal yeah. as fuck. <laughs> like, metal as fuck. Yeah. Like, it's basically everyone that lives in East Atlanta. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, and um, that's, I'm still surprised, considering it was the 80s, like like you said, right. like right on the eve of the satanic panic, 
and it's this is North Georgia. I am still surprised yeah. that both men were found guilty. Like, um, oh for sure, Brock was found guilty on all counts, three life terms, three life terms, to. and then Tony West was found guilty of double homicide, mm-hmm. and both of them are still alive, unfortunately. Right? Oh, you want to know where they're at? I have, I have where oh, wait. they are held. Oh wait, is is Tony West dead? It no. said in the reports I read that he was sentenced to death. Oh yes, oh, no, he was, he was sentenced, sentenced to, to death, death, but it was turned. It was overturned. Right. Yeah. Or it was repealed or Lots whatever. So he was serving a life sentence. So do we want to hear where they're being held? Yeah, I'll oh, send yeah. them mail. Um, mm-hmm. lovely nice mail. So <laughs> Tony West is currently being held at the Wilcox State Prison in Abbeville, Georgia. I'll be there. <laughs> and Brock is at the Coffee Correctional Facility in Nicholas, Georgia. I did look up. I wasn't able to find Tony West mugshot, but I did find Brock Avery's, <sighs> and it's like a recent one, and oh he looks old as fuck because he's like in his fifties now. Yeah. So he looks old and like sad. Well, they don't give of you course. collagen face masks in prison. So. No. Well, it's no. all that toodaloo. Also, he's it's all toodaloo. Snuffed. I could never be an inmate. You, you know, you don't he's give making me my toilet wine. <laughs> Just I can just see you at the commissary, like, what can I get to put on my face? <laughs> Do you guys have any Ole Heinrichsen? No. Okay. Can I get some Neutrogena like skin? No. No. Do you, can I just have like some avocado to mash onto my face? <laughs> no. What can do you I, mean you don't have avocados? Can I book a Cairo facial? <laughs> Here is that where I do this. <laughs> But I'm a law-abiding citizen who doesn't do drugs, so that will never happen to None me. None of us have ever done anything wrong. No. Nope. What's a drug? <laughs> what is a drug? <laughs> so, um, Scudder and Odin were both cremated after this all happened. Um, Odin's ashes are actually spread over the Rose Garden Aww. in Corpsewood Manor, which I, know, I think is really beautiful. I saw that, I got emotional. Really. Uh, and Scudder's ashes were sent back to his family um, in Milwaukee by request of his sister, um, there are, however, two white crosses, which seems weird, but there's two white crosses at Corpsewood commemorating the two men with their names on it. I really wanted them to be inverted. But I know. No well, one I mean, listens to dead well, people. you can go do that yourself because you can visit the grounds of yes, Corpsewood Manor. Yeah, you've been there, haven't you? I have been there. Um, the main house did burn down in the mid-80s, but all of the outbuildings are still there. Did um, someone set it on fire? No, they, well, they never investigated it. They didn't yeah. have electricity, and it, and it happened. It happened yeah. the last they night. The like police officer, thing. the last night, the police officers were investigating it. Mm-hmm. When they left, the fire just like started. The next oh, day. so crazy! You want to know why? <laughs> because I bet those cops hid some evidence. They were like, "Oh, well, no, they were no because while they were like doing the investigation too, they were like they felt a presence watching yeah. them mm-hmm. the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, they, so were, they were probably like, "Fuck this!" They were either hyper religious or they probably found the consensual logbook or oh, like yeah. some letters or something, and they were like, "Oh no, what have we done?" Because <laughs> they were probably coming to those parties. <laughs> oh yeah, they definitely were. They definitely were. But yeah, so unfortunately the main house is burned down, but you can go see the outbuildings. And a lot of people report, like, an eerie feeling while they're there. Mm-hmm. In fact, like like Katie said, like, when the police were investigating it, they said they felt constantly like they were being watched. I mean, that's how I felt all week, rehearsing. I mean, I mean no, rehearsing. seriously. <laughs> rehearsing. Was I rehearsing? Mm-hmm. I was in my mirror, like, la, 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 corpse wood. <laughs> La, 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 murder. Me, 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 murder. <laughs> Was Scudder's heart playing in the background? Ding, 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 murder. 
Apparently, uh, people can hear that too there. Yes. Like they hear gunshots and dogs barking and, and glass shattering and harp music. If I'm mm-hmm. hearing harp music in the middle of the fucking woods, I'm running. There's either a Renaissance fair nearby or a, a you need to get out. A fairy festival is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's fairies, then you need to get out, stay out of the fairy rings, and don't eat their food. Oh, shit. That's just, that's just plain good advice. You're welcome. Katie, isn't that what you did last weekend? Got into a fairy ring and ate their food? I did think I was a mushroom. <laughs> Dang. Oh, mm. Wow, okay. Um, they also say, supposedly, that if you take a brick from the site, that you are cursed forever with bad luck. But I've only had pretty good luck. Uh, where is I that at, one. anyways? Oh, yeah, it's upstairs. I use it on my altar. Do you leave it in the middle of your bed between you and Kat? No. <laughs> is that the good we luck you're talking side. about? <laughs> <laughs> Scott is looking after us tonight. I'm sorry, what is the action? Like the 11 o'clock news? <laughs> that what, we're so should, old, we play the news. Nothing like Dan Rather to get you going. Hey, babe. Oh you want to play, play the 11 o'clock news tonight? Wait, what's our weatherman's name? Glenn Burns. Glenn Burns comes on and Pat's like, quick, give me the break. <laughs> it's time. It's time. <laughs> That's part of my altar. I burn candles on it, and uh, yeah. Well, it's so because, nice. like you said, I can run and grab it if you guys you're, want to. You're no, no, I can <laughs> say where it's at. No, because that's like when I when I'm you know when I was talking about taking a trip to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like you know, but it it just has to be me and like y'all or like my husband, but no children. <laughs> I don't, I don't, oh, I don't yeah, think so no. because I know how those things can. If you're into it and you believe in it, or you know. They you know, the children. spirits can mm-hmm. really, the demons and the, can, like, seriously latch on to kids. And, oh, yeah, because they're yes, so vulnerable. I believe that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not to a crazy extent, but I would never take my kids to, oh, no. But, yes, I have one, and it's great. So if you go to Corpsewood Manor, go ahead, take a brick. Um, it is private property. I believe it is currently owned by Charles Scudder's sister. Um but they do allow people to walk the grounds. You won't run into any sort of pushback um, if you do try and go and visit it. Just be respectful when you go. Um, unfortunately, when I went, people are not always respectful, and there was busted trash everywhere and gross graffiti. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure so, those people are, like are haunted. Parties. But we yeah. should go there sometime and clean it up during the daytime and then hang out at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently at night you can see bubs. Especially if you bring a Ouija board. Eyes glowing in the dark. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can well, see one I'm of the... Well, I'm making a daytime. Uh, <laughs> Beezlebub the dog. Not bees. the demons. My bees. Mm-hmm. Wow. But then I'm sure that the, the real demon's right behind him. Oh, probably. Because, you know, he's... This is like, oh, bees. So... Um, because of the nature of Scudder's background and, you know, Katie talked a lot about his, you know, uh, membership in the Church of Satan. And so Anton LaVey felt the need to comment on the murder when he found out about it. I'm saying it angered him because uh, he viewed the double homicide as proof that there were still parts of the United States where eccentric individuals could be attacked for having what some people might view as abnormal beliefs, which is tragic. And I'd like to say that it's gotten a little better. I mean, I think to some degree it has. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's almost like trendy to be like, oh, ha, 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 Satan. He, he, love oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hell Satan. 
<laughs> it's definitely, yeah. I mean, it. I do see a lot of, uh, I get very encouraged when I look at the younger generation because, like, the Gen Z now, mm-hmm. they're, like, the least religious generation in, like, a hundred <laughs> years or something. Well, because all their parents <laughs> are raising them as, like, just whatever. Sheltered crazy. <laughs> no, this isn't, like... Not everybody's going to church every single Sunday anymore. Well, yeah, because they're being raised by Gen X. And right. Gen X is just like, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> the world's going to end and baby boomers killed it. <laughs> Yay. Woo. Okay, so uh, we'd like to end this story about Corpsewood with some words from Scudder from the article we mentioned earlier that he wrote in 1981 in Mother Earth News. And this is entitled Castle in the Cunt. With <clears throat> not entitled. Castle in the Cunt. Castle, Castle in the Cunt. Will <laughs> 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 get re comfortable? I need to. Oh my god. Ugh. Okay. Okay. So we'd like to end the story of Corpsewood Manor with some words from Charles Scudder from the article we mentioned before that he wrote in 1981 that was in Mother Earth News. And this is how he ended his article, which was entitled Castle in the Country. Tonight, I may practice my harp, or perhaps I'll just sit in the courtyard and listen to the tree frogs and whippoorwills while bats fly and the clouds drift across the full moon. The world that's around me now is fresh, quiet, and very beautiful. The fact is, I'm writing this story simply to give hope to other old rebels like me. It's not necessary, you see, to keep piling up the bucks and plodding away at the treadmill until the last crippling coronary takes away your freedom of choice. There's a time to make a change, and that time is before the rocking chair takes charge of you. There is, of course, no single simple blueprint for everyone, since personal needs and responsibilities vary. But why be tricked into working the whole year in an uptight world, only to earn a couple of harried vacation weeks in an expensive summer cottage? Why enter the golden years filled with remorse for things undone? My message is that we older people are really free, even more so than our young folks. And because of our experiences, perhaps a little more wise. If we want a different, fuller, more exciting life than we're leading, one closer to this beautiful earth, we can have it. Our only chains are those in our minds. Just promise me that you'll think about it seriously for a while. After all, wouldn't you like to live in your own kind of castle in the country? That was beautiful. I know. Literally. <laughs> that was yeah, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's just like such a picture of how incredibly happy he was. Mm-hmm. He really was. Mm. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> um, thanks for listening to this episode of Conspiracy, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the story as much as we enjoyed researching it and talking about it. Um, please feel free to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Conspiracy Podcast ATL, and you can follow us on Facebook at Conspiracy Podcast. So please like our Facebook page, join in the conversation, let us know what you're thinking, any thoughts or reviews. Um, and please feel free to subscribe uh, and review this episode. Um, we are currently on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Hmm? 
And SoundCloud. <laughs> and SoundCloud. And hopefully at some point we'll be on Apple Podcasts, but but they're just uh, not that into us yet. But it's going to happen. We'll be talking to Tim Cook personally if we have to. I will tweet him. He's always tweeting. Oh, and stay tuned because we, are go- we didn't lie. We are going to end this episode by playing his... By playing Scudder's recording of William Blake's The Tiger. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Have a good night. Stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears. Did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? I just want to do God's will. Just to go.